study suggests that it takes about 180 days to see any significant change when it comes to renewing the mind. So whoever said 21 days was not accurate when, you know, we hear oh, it takes 21 days to change. No, it, it, no. If you want to see permanent, positive, lasting change, it's going to take longer than 21 days. 21 days is good, but do another 21, another 21, another 21 until you get to the point where those wrong beliefs or wrong proclivities or habits are no longer guiding you or leading you, and now you have uh, you are treading new paths. In other words, the trajectory has changed. Your direction has changed. That is perhaps one of the great uh, indicators that this information has worked. Why? Because I'm changed. There's a change in my direction. And for the last several weeks, again, now we just somewhat got on the Holy Spirit, but we're going to get back into dealing with uh, the power of agreement. We have been talking about this again for some time now, talking about or dealing in the area of new covenant or new testament faith. Will you say that? New covenant, new, covenant. new, testament, new testament faith or faith for the new creation in Christ. It is a faith that lives from the faith of Jesus. It is a faith that believes, that lives in agreement with God. It's not something that you do. What you do is line your thoughts up or line your beliefs up with what Jesus has already satisfied or what Jesus has already finished. <laughs> That's why he came to make life easier. And what we have been taught in times past without getting into it, what we have been taught, or, or at least it has been presumed that we live by our faith. As if there's something that we have to do that's beyond what Jesus has already did. Our faith or our conviction comes into play by putting it in agreement with what God has already done. Now, these are my words. We have literally walked through the scripture and seen this. Who remembers that? Amen. Matter of fact, we, I even showed you that a man can't even come to the Father without him being drawn. We've seen that uh, God, this faith that we have, God has allotted Amen. this faith. And uh, our foundation of Scripture in Hebrews 10, 23, the Bible lets us know that we are to hold. This is how we got on the subject or topic of the person of Holy Spirit. It lets us know that we are to hold fast to our profession of faith without wavering, to our profession. That Greek word is the Greek word homologia, which means what? Agreement, to say the same thing that God says. It's having the courage or the conviction, watch this, to love what God loves and hate what God hates. Again, if you are someone who's really in agreement with God, you're going to love what he loves and hate what he hates. Someone asked me a question, uh, actually my son, the earlier part of the week about, you know, a book they were in school and he was dealing uh, in, in particular lifestyles. So, and I was telling him, and he said, well, can somebody be saved and live like this, live this way, live that way? And my thing is what I was wanting him to focus on, son, if somebody has really had an encounter with Jesus. If they love what he loves and hate what he hates, there should come a time when their lifestyle now, now lines up with the God that they serve. So we're not saying that uh, this person isn't always saved or, or they haven't received Jesus. But in time, if, they, if there was really an experience, they should get to the point where they are now Lining up with what Jesus has outlined in Scripture as to how we should live. So, again, whatever their issue is, at some point in time, guess what? I should love what God loves and hate what God hates. 
So if he desires I live this way, guess what? At some point in time, my life should. And if that never happens, then we have to pose the question, perhaps that person never received Jesus. That's a whole nother subject. That's why it, it, I want to get off on into this, but that's why we we can't be quick to judge if, if then because you don't know I don't know all the particulars of what happened to this person or that person, but I do know that there's power in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and He even talks about how there are things that we used to be, but you were washed, you were justified. No, you were sanctified. You were justified. So at some point, I should look like him. But that word homologia, uh, uh, here it is. Now notice, it's a conclusion embraced by a common confession. Again, it's saying the same thing about my situation, circumstance that God has said. Now, and how we got on the Holy Spirit, we said, uh, there are going to be things, situations in life, the devil, enemy, spiritual warfare, people. There are going to be things always coming at you to contend for your faith or things to come that will try to get you out of agreement with God. So you need to hold fast. And then we said during that holding fast, watch this now. You may get weak. And we went to Jude, and Jude encouraged us that we are to build ourselves up praying on our most holy faith, talking about Holy Spirit, building yourselves up. So that's how we got on the subject of Holy Spirit. Now, um, again, Satan has beguiled the church into believing, particularly uh, now people are good with Holy Spirit, but the problem comes in when we talk about the area of tongues. Again, because of what the way it has been presented, we have associated Holy Spirit with screaming, with hollering, with running around the church. There's nothing uh, in and of itself wrong with that, but we cannot reduce the dramatization and all the theatrics and the uh, melodrama we cannot reduce that to that's Holy Ghost. Because you don't even have to have Jesus and can, and, can, and can get happy and run around the building. You could be a stone cold heathen and run. So just because you can scream and not have a, 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 a smidgen of Jesus in you. And we have reduced uh, Holy Spirit again to the shout, run, holler, have, you know, have your way in Holy Ghost. But let's not just reduce all of the outward, what we see as, oh, that's the Holy Ghost. So consequently, many have shunned the, 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 the tongue part away because if I got to act like him, if he's going to take control of my body and, I, and I'm going to act uncontrollably and, and I can't control myself because most people, when you, most times when we see people, it is as if they have no control. And again, Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He is not going to impose his will on you and have you acting uncontrollably. Right. Only in church, uh, 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 sometimes people put up with that. Because we, we, we get in here and act like there's no holds barred and just want to go crazy. But, but you show great discipline when you're in the courthouse. You show such great discipline. He, ne he never takes you, he, he never gets you out of control while shopping. Notice he only takes you, he only gets you and you can't control yourself in the church. That's, we got to do better, saints. But Satan has beguiled the church in believing that tongues are not for today. And as a, as a result, a great number of denominations have also adopted that, that idea. But it is a false idea. 
So let's do a brief conspectus or review. Then I want to talk about what happens when you pray in Holy Ghost. That's we want to get to some things that happens. And again, Satan knows that you're operating with power. And if you build yourself up by praying in Holy Spirit, what do you think is going to happen if you don't never pray in the Holy Spirit? How are you going to build yourselves up? Are you here? So again, when you see somebody speaking in French, they speak in French. They don't. <laughs> you see somebody speaking in Spanish, hey, they just carry on conversation. So why is it when we, hey, que shabak, when we speak in our heavenly language, as we call it, or when we speak, let me say tongues, why are we looking for the, so if we do just like I demonstrated, ah, that ain't real, you're a lie. You heard me, didn't you? We've seen that it's a language that's given by God. It's a language that's naturally unacquired. It's not a language that I could teach you. Now, you might have some who, who want to play, but this is real. So I want you to get, even those who are watching, we got to get in our, and see, because here's the thing, you, the, the stuff that has been demonstrated, we don't see in Scripture of all the, are you here? Didn't you see the people uh, making faces and they see none of that's in scripture. God is good. Why are you frowning when you when you. Why you got to make an ugly face when you speak in tongues? What's that about? Are you here? And see, again, we always sometimes. Especially in our culture, we always got to add, we, we, we got to do extra. We just can't leave well enough alone. I'm saying we got to do extra. We just can't, we can't do that. We got to, see, see and, it, and it makes it, come on, man. And we, and we associate that part with God, but the, the calmness is, oh, man, look at that. But it's working for me. And it'll work for you, you receive it. Are you here? But we've seen in John 14, 15 through 18, we've seen the promise of the helper, right? We see this in John 14. You can write these down to go back. We've seen the promise of the helper. Now, the helper, uh, uh, the Greek word parakletos, is a legal advocate who makes, watch this, someone who walks alongside of you, someone who assists you. Why? Because he's walk, he walks close enough to the situation to make the right judgment call. So in other words, Holy Spirit has the inside scoop on what is and what is to come. That's why Jesus said the spirit of truth. Are you here? Well, sin. We've seen that, of course. Uh, we also... Throughout this season, we've seen the different types of baptism. We've seen, then uh, we see, we went to John, of course, and the Bible lets us know that tongues would be a sign. Again, that word tongues is the Greek word glossary, which simply means a distinguishing, a language, watch this, that's distinguished by its speech. It's speaking in a language inspired by God. So when he said, these signs shall follow them. So tongues was to serve as a sign, a distinguishing mark to let you know that this person has received the gospel. <laughs> Are you here? It's a language that's naturally unacquired. Now, it, it, of course, uh, Luke says this. He will, uh, we see John saying this in Luke 3.16. John answered saying to all, I, I indeed baptize you with Water, see, there's a water baptism, but one mightier than I is coming whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. That's found in uh, Luke 3.16. He will baptize you. Now, my question to you, and I'm jumping ahead of myself, when did Jesus baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire? 
When did he do it? You don't know? Study the scriptures. Because y'all looking like y'all don't know after all these weeks of teaching. When did you, when did you receive? Okay, so say it if y'all can help me. Then we see in Acts 1 and 8, uh, <laughs> of course, he told them to wait in Jerusalem. Tarry. Again, that word tarry means to sit down. To wait. Not, G -g 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 -g. that's not what the Bible means by tarry. Oh, G, 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 you got still got some stuff you dealing with, and you come back next week, and that's still not good enough. And you come back next week, so they just give up. Are you guys here? And I'm not making light of that, but again, we we so used to it's back like the, the story of the button hand. We so used to doing things that we never asked why we do why we do this like this. So when someone comes along and receives Jesus, then they receive the baptism. So, oh, that's too easy. And that's what we see. And that's actually what we see being demonstrated throughout the scripture. So just because it's been done a certain way doesn't mean that that's the way that it's supposed to be done. Because you got a lot of people doing a lot of things, but they're not doing it the right way. That doesn't mean they're doing it the right way because, they're se because it seems to be working. Are you here? Uh, Acts 1 and 8, get, get that up. Okay, now, y'all know this word? Power is the Greek word dunamis. I want you to put that definition up. This is why the power is so important. Because you need it for every scene of life. Again, when tongues came, they would demonstrate the arrival of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Again, it was that distinguishing mark. I've done showed you this for weeks now. I, I, I want to just show you, look, Deuteronomy, properly, ability to what? Perform. For the believer, power to what? Achieve by applying the Lord's inherent abilities. So a lot of times we're not successful in certain things because there's no power working through us. That's why we need the power. We need God's ability on the matter. Notice then it says it's needed in what? Every scene of life. To really grow. Again, this is the actual definition. This is not something I concocted. Are you here? So it's needed in every scene of life to really grow in sanctification and what? And prepare for heaven. So we really need to understand uh, that, that when you get this power, it's needed in every scene. That's why he told them, sit, wait for the power. Because the power is going to be essential in you being effective when you go out. <laughs> because this is a spiritual warfare. And you need God's weapons in order to wage warfare successfully. And we've seen in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, around verse uh, two, uh, 3 and 4, that this, even though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according or after the flesh. Which tells us that even though we are in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. Be, being that I can't do this with natural intellect, with natural artillery, with natural resources. I need, listen. In order to fight spiritual warfare, you need spiritual armor. Are you here? You guys here? Now, we just seen in Acts 1-8. Now, in Acts 2 and 4, the promise was we've seen it fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. So, uh, you can look, go, go through it when you go home or get home. But in, second, in Acts 2, 1 through 4... For the first time, listen to me, people were permanently indwelt by Holy Spirit, and that's when the church began. In Acts 2. Notice I said he was, they were indwelt permanently. 
Well, how did you get that? Then we went through all the scriptures. Joel 2.28. Last days, the Lord's going to, you know, uh, he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. We've seen in Romans 8.11. Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. We've seen in 1 Corinthians 3.16. Holy Spirit lives where? On the inside. We've seen uh, in 1 Corinthians 6.19. Where does the Holy Spirit dwell? In you. Where? Then we've seen in 2 Timothy 1, 13 and 14, that Holy Spirit dwells where at? In us. So I submit to you that when you received Jesus, you received Holy Spirit. Now watch this. And notice Luke said he's going to baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. As a matter of fact, my subhead in this fire from within. Now watch this. The fire is in there, but I need to ask for the fire. In other words, when when we walk through the scriptures, notice uh, after they were baptized with Holy Spirit, guess what they did? They spoke with tongues. Now, again, the Lord is not going to force that on you. Holy Spirit lives in you, and the tongues came with the gift. That's why in Luke, uh, we've seen in Luke 11, 9 through 13, that if all you have to do is ask. And see, this is my thing. Since he's in you, why not go ahead and get everything that the gift has? So why not get the tongues? Why? See, when I get the tongues now, I can pray and build myself up. Again, people... Agree on Holy Spirit, but when it comes to the tongues, there's this great divide like, oh, man, that's not for today. That's nothing more than a trick of the devil because Satan knows, number one, that is a language that he cannot pick apart. That is a language that he does not understand. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the real you, the eternal you is praying. This is not you. So you, you want you, see you have to ask for that fire. When I say fire, I'm referring to the tongue part. Lord, fill me. And again, whatever comes out, just flow with it. And I, and I tell you what hinders people, what we've seen. So people are, you know, there's so there's so many images and. Beliefs blocking that it's hard to receive because, you know, daddy them said, my pastor said, so, and nobody's saying the word of God says. And where I would know that the tradition of man has made the word of God to be of none effect. In other words, man have said things so long that even in the face of truth, they still believe man. And you, I mean, you are showing them the scripture rightly divided and they still believe but they say, see, that's the problem. You need to believe what, let God be true and every man a liar. What does the word say? Are you here? So now, let's begin with what happens when you pray in Holy Spirit. Now, again, just let me say this. Paul tells him in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, he said, now, I wish that you all spoke with tongues. That's his desire. I wish that you all. Are you here? Then he goes on talking about, you know, the, the prophesying in tongues is better. The, the, the reason why the pro- prophecy was better in tongues is because you can articulate and understand what I'm saying when I prophesy, unless I interpret the tongue. But, he, but what I wanted to stress to you, he said that I wish you all were, that you all spoke. So that's letting me know that the desire is that everyone, what? Praying to, is it mandatory? Absolutely not. Do you have to get the fight? I would encourage you to. Are you going to go to hell if you don't? No. If you don't speak in tongues, you're going to hell? No. But it'll make hell on earth a whole lot easier if you got some power backing you up. 
Now, uh, Ephesians 6, I, I need to show you this part because um, notice, and I'm still kind of, I'm trying to give you a whole lot in a little bit of time. Uh, you guys remember in the last several weeks we talked about God's weapons. Y'all remember that? That weapon, that word hop line, hope line, okay? It's instruments that God supplies. Y'all remember, who remembers saying that? Okay, so now, Timmy just showed you 2 Corinthians 10, right? Well, we don't, even though we're in the flesh, we don't what? Walk onto the flesh, right? So that lets us know that this battle is not something that you fight in the flesh. Ephesians 6. Let's, let's read verses 10 through 13, then verses 18. But listen to this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let's listen to what the writer is saying. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of not your might. This goes back to that word power dunamis. We need God's inherent abilities working on behalf. If you're going to be successful in spiritual warfare. So be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Let me tell you something. It's hard to be strong in the Lord when your spirit man is weak. You can't be strong in the Lord relying on the flesh. You need the person, power, and presence of Holy Spirit working on your behalf. Are you here? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against what? The wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle. Here we go again. You can't see what I'm trying to convey is we keep trying to do this with natural intellect and reasoning. You cannot wage spiritual warfare with your degree. You can't fight the devil with book knowledge. Acquire. We've been there, done that. But we're talking about spiritual warfare. You need God's resources that he supplies working on your behalf. Are you here? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, here it go, principalities and powers. See, they don't teach you how to do this in school, how to deal with principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts. Who learned, who learned about this in school? Just tell me. Seriously. We got a lot of educated people in here. I know I never learned it. Completing my master's in divinity now. They ain't said anything about it thus far. <laughs> so who, who learned who learned who learned this in school? To, to have a, that big old on your wall, your wall and big bold letters. You mean to tell me you spent all that money to go to school and they didn't teach you about this? And you still losing? That make you want to go get a refund, don't it? I want all my years back and my money. Y'all lied to me. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole, not some. So that's why I would... Notice I said Holy Spirit is one of the weapons. The word, see, and we can get into uh, some of these weapons, but since we're dealing particularly with Holy Spirit, notice that, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, just, see, you trying to, that's why you can't stand. You in, when I say you, you in general. Why? Because I have no weaponry. I have no weapons that God has 
allotted me. So when the evil day comes, when things come against me, guess what? People can't stand. Notice he says, take up the whole armor. Again, do you have the definition for that word armor? I want to just look at the latter portion. It's the Greek word panoplia. It means complete armor or panoply. Watch this. A complete set of what? Defensive and offensive armor. This is the definition in the Greek. Okay, watch this. So God, when God, watch this, supplies you with his instruments, he's not only giving you uh, instruments to be successful on the defense, he's giving you how to be successful on the offense. So when you need to be in a defensive stand, use God's weapons. When you need to be effective from the offensive side, use God's weapons that he supplies. Oh, man. Just uh, watch this. Notice it says a complete set of defensive and offensive weapons. That is everything needed to wage what? Successful warfare. God supplies you with this. Figuratively, watch this, the full resources the Lord gives to the believer so they can what? Who gives it to the believer? Who? So, again, guys, the reason why some Christians aren't seeing a lot of success is because they're trying to navigate in a spiritual world with human intellect and instrumentation, and it's not working. In the same way, watch this again. This is what I love. See, when you use God's weapons, you, thank you, Lord. Let me say this. When you use your weapons, that's why you hear people talking about, I'm fighting for victory. Why? Why are you fighting for victory? When you say, I'm fighting for victory, you are oblivious to the fact that victory has already been won. See, when you use God's weapons, watch this. In this way, we don't fight. They don't fight for victory, but from his victory. So when you use his artillery, you're not fighting for, you're fighting from. And when you're fighting from, that means I got, I already know that I've won, man. That's why he said, hold fast. See, when you use God's weaponry, you're fighting from a place of victory. You're not fighting for. That's why the struggle is hard when you listen, when you see people, because I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for victory. See, from now on, when you hear that, just say to yourself, oh, they done took God out of the equation. Verse 18, praying always with all, look, pray and supplication in the Spirit, being watched to the end without perseverance, uh, perseverance and supplication for all saints. So now, number one, let's start moving into this. What happens when you pray in Holy Spirit? Number one, you edify yourself. You edify yourself. What's number one? Come on, talk to me, guys. Christmas isn't until Friday. Come on, you. And thank you, let, 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 me, let me just insert this right here. If you are, if you're dealing with anxiety, contemplating suicide and having suicidal thoughts, if you're maxing out credit cards and uh, watch this, doing things for children or people that you know you can't afford to do just to satisfy them that day. You, 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 you have no idea of what Christmas is about if that is you. It, you. You shouldn't be stressing out right now. You shouldn't be depressed right now. So if you are experiencing these anxieties and, 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 and pressure, you are oblivious to what the real meaning 
of why we even celebrate. The 25th is not even his birthday. It's his day that was designated for his birthday. But nonetheless, we, are, we should be honoring the birth of Christ. His earthly birth, that is. But I don't see any gifts down here with Jesus' name on it. Not one. How many under your tree got two Jesus? So we got $5,000 worth of gifts and $7 in the offering bucket. Then, then, then some will be stressed out up until about June paying for stuff that is either tore up or forgotten about that they got on Christmas. So let's grow up. Number one, you do what? You edify yourself. First Corinthians 4. Now we just, we'll, we'll get more into some of the reasons why Paul uh, wrote these particular uh, books, but letters, but let's, for the sake of demonstrating what happens when you pray, let's go over this. First uh, Corinthians 14 and 4. Number one, what happens when you pray in the Holy Spirit? You do what? He who speaks in a tongue does what? Edifies himself, but he who prophesies does what? Edifies the church. Now, we'll get into that more, but I want to see, show you here that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you do what? You edify yourself. Write this down. I don't think I sent Terry this definition, but that word, it means, of course, it's to build a house. To erect a building. It's, watch this, it's the building up of character. The building up of character. And I submit to you why some people lack integrity, character, discipline. They're not built up. So they forever remain a carnal Christian. Why? Because there's no edifying the house. It's, oh, I should have sent you this definition. It's to build someone up. It's helping to stand or stand strong or to be sturdy. So if you want to stand strong, if you want to remain sturdy, there must be time spent praying in the Holy Ghost. Are you here? We've seen in Jude, building yourselves up what? Pray in your most holy faith. So notice it means to build up. Oh, man. I want to show you something. Matter of fact, go back to Jude. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. Notice it, it, it to build a house, right? To build a house. To erect a building. Build a, I'll have the definition for you next week. It also means to encourage, to edify. You want to encourage yourself? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Huh? Watch this. The strength of a house is found in its foundation. The strength of the house is only as strong as its foundation. Jude one twenty. let me show you. Just remember what I'm saying. But beloved, is uh, oatmeal on my lips? Am I good? Okay. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, what? Praying now, this word, notice, we just seen edify, but this word is building. That word building, in the Greek, it means 
Let me make sure I'm not running them in together. Now, this one means to build upon. Now, the other one means to build up. So when we're praying in the Holy Ghost, not only are we building the house, but we're building upon. It's strengthening. It's, that's why the first definition means to help shape even your character. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, that's all part of the shaping and the building and the erecting of this temple, house, where Holy Spirit, see y'all, I'm trying to make this plain. And the reason why so many houses don't look like Christ is because there is no building adding to the house. So six months when you ride by, you still say, I wonder when they're going to finish that house. They've been working on that property for a long Did something happen with the contractor? It's been three years now, and there's still no building of the house. It's to build upon this one here a foundation. <laughs> it's to build a foundation, man. Uh, then it says to build up, to edify properly, appropriately to build on. Watch this. And it says following a plan with pre-designed predefined specifications. Boy, are y'all here? Now, I know the advanced class. This is the advanced class. Now, the short bus comes at the 8 o'clock, but this is the long bus class. So y'all quit looking at me. That's why you got oatmeal on your mouth. <laughs> you know I'm having fun with it. There was a long bus at the eight, so don't don't get all indignant. <laughs> she, 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 there you go. My husband was on that bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's watch this. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to have to redo this one next week. Notice, are you guys here? Yeah. Carter, come here, sir. Uh, if I had my phone, I could send it to you, Tamara. Notice, it says to build, to edify, right, properly, appropriately, building upon. Notice it says following a plan. So when we do this, we're coming, see, and as we go to some of these other uh Character, what happens when you pray, all this coming, you have greater clarity. But following a plan, watch this, with pre-designed, pre-defined, do you see that? Specifications. And, 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 and that sounds like the spirit of truth who's in, who, who's works, who has the inside scoop on the matter already knows what's being pre-designed, pre-defined. Predetermined, and you don't want to get the inside. He is the spirit of, so he knows what has been predetermined, predefined. And we don't want to, we want to let the devil talk us out of. Number two, let me close with this one. Ah. I let me we'll re, we can revisit these next week, but I, I need to put, get it so I can show you next week. Some of y'all still looking like you still on the come on. Don't worry about that. Look, I was joking with you. Get back. Don't don't let that offend you. You act like you really rolled up in there on a short bus. Quit. Stop that. <laughs> it's huffing. Look at him. They sitting right next to you. 
Next. Oh, this is a good one. When you pray in Holy Spirit, your spirit prays. The eternal you. See, this, this outer exterior, that's not the real you. This is dust, man. That's dirt. Don't let that offend you. You're a dirt bag. <laughs> You're just a sack of dirt walking around. Well, where did he get that from? It's in your Bible. You come from dirt. This out of, but see, that's not the real you. Your spirit, that part of you that never dies, that eternal part of you. Are you here? <laughs> that's how they decided to do it. First, you insult the man, tell us about the bus. Now he calling me a dirt bag. See, this wouldn't bother you so much if you would pray in the Holy Ghost, edify yourself, and help shape your character. But I love you. And this, this will work for you if you do it, man. What's number two? Your spirit prays. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. This is the last one. Oh, man. If you got a little, anything smooth over there, put it, give me a little something, something, sir. For if I pray... Do y'all see this? Listen. Are y'all ready to get out of here? Come on, let's, let's let me read now. I thought y'all was ready to go. Y'all not ready? For real? So y'all want me to keep going? Seriously? Nah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> he insulted me about the bus. <laughs> Called me a dirt bag. And he long winded. <laughs> See, that's what you'll be saying. You're telling me to go on now, but you'll be talking that in about 20 minutes out there in that parking lot. Man, he sure was long winded. Yeah, what you think about him calling you a dirt bag? I don't know. That didn't bother me as much. It was the bus thing that got me. Pray in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but if I pray in the, for if I pray in the tongue, my spirit prays, but my let me tell you, the reason why your understanding is unfruitful is because you lack interpretation. That's why in verse 13 he says, pray that you may interpret. So your understanding does not have to be unfruitful. Uh, uh, so but what I want to show you, but if I, it, when my spirit prays, or for, I'm sorry, for when I pray in the spirit, what am I doing? My spirit prays. The real you. So just write this down. So that's why we always tell you, after you pray, Lord, what's the interpretation? Because there may be something for you, maybe an instruction, maybe you may have been edifying someone in another country, but nonetheless, still seek, because there may be something there. Are you here? And that word interpret literally means to uh, translate accurately or fully explain. So, Lord, help me translate that. Is there an explanation behind it? But the point I want to show you that when you pray in the Holy Ghost, your spirit, the real you, prays. So why wouldn't you want to edify the real you? Are you here? And I submit to you, it's the weakness of the spirit part of man 
that causes the carnal mind or the carnal man to tyrannize, govern, or control that spirit part. So the reason why some people are more inclined to follow the dictates, passions of the flesh is because the spirit part of you, the real you, is weak. And once you build up the spirit part of you, it then begins to subdue the carnal part. And you no longer have a desire to do those things that you used to do and once did and said you'd never do anymore. Why? Because my character has changed through the development of spending time praying in the Holy Ghost and building this house. Are you here? As a matter of fact, Galatians 5.22 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits, fruit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, faithfulness, uh, self-control. Where's self-control in there somewhere? Uh, where's self-control at? Yeah. You've heard me say before, you can't even really possess self-control without the person, power, and presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why we keep falling to certain things that you, you really don't like and it kind of makes you feel bad. Why? Because you're trying to do it on your own power. You want some control? Pray. Build the real you up. Pray in Holy Spirit. Edify yourself. And see, watch this. The more you do that, you keep building that house. And again, I submit to you, that's why some houses still look incomplete. Year, years of been walking with Jesus, but because there's no edifying, there's no attitude, there's no building up. And that's why some's character, attitude still the same. And, and they may, and I'm, I'm sure if they really accepted Jesus, I, I don't doubt that they're not saved. But since there's no edifying, we never really see. That's why some never really love what he loves, hate what he hates, because that flesh still dictates everything, because the spirit man is weak. So number one, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, and, and, and these are in no sequential order, just, I'm just giving them to you. Number one, you edify, you build yourself up, you add to the house, you help shape your character, attitude. Number two, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the real you prays. And next week, we'll get into more. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise.